Making your prospects feel like they have an exclusive membership in a club makes lead generation a positive customer experience. That's a quote from Eric Brower. And that's how you should think when you're setting up a sales funnel. And we've talked about sales funnels in a previous episode. And if you missed it, go back down the road and listen to that episode about sales funnels because it'll break it all down for you. But today we're specifically talking about how to use Pinterest to create a sales funnel and to build your mailing list. Pinterest, as I've already kind of discussed, is a unique platform, but it's unique in beneficial ways that are very helpful for all types of businesses and also for content creators. But the bottom line is at the end of the day, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, if you're looking to generate leads and to generate sales and so there's a strategy to it as always and you need to create a plan and create a strategy to get it done so there's a specific way that I know works when you're using Pinterest marketing and I'm going to break that down for you today hold on one moment stick around and we'll get into it in just a second welcome back for another episode of dreamers den podcast i'm your host danielle towner and i help entrepreneurs build their brand awareness and online presence through website design content marketing and digital products and today i'm so happy that you're joining us And if you're here for a second time, thank you for coming back. Today, I'm going to share with you how to use Pinterest to create your sales funnel. Because if you're using a different platform and I'm winning you over on adding in Pinterest, or even if you're brand new and you're thinking about trying Pinterest, then of course you want to know like, you know, how I'm going to work this into my sales strategy, because that's one of the most important parts of it. Of course, building a relationship is part of it, and that's even part of your sales funnel and strategy. But how are you going to work your way through the other part of it using something like Pinterest? Let's talk about that. There are about six steps that I have in the process that I use and that I have used. And the first of these is that you want to create your cornerstone content. With content, like, you don't necessarily want to create a funnel out of every single piece of content you have. You want to make sure that you're always creating highly effective content, but you really want to, like, lay lay it down, lay the sauce down um, with the content that you're using for your sales funnel. So you want to make sure that it's highly effective, that it's very helpful, useful, that it's an informative piece of content. Or like one of the things that strategies that I have used more than once is that I've produced content and out of the content that I've already produced, sometimes some of it just out of nowhere, it takes off faster than the rest of your content. And you can see a difference in your numbers. So if you're using, I use statcounter.com and I was using um, Google Analytics for years and I just started back using it. But you can look at that and even, you know, before I stopped using Google Analytics, I was getting an email because I set it up the webmaster tools and XML site map and all that. So I was getting an email 
telling me, hey, this is how your numbers look and these are the most searched for pieces of content and this is what had the most visits. So I was able to see like which piece of content took off the fastest and got the most attention and the most traffic. So if you're able to do that, like find the piece of content that is receiving the most amount of traffic, that's receiving the most shares, the most attention, like whatever that quote unquote viral piece of content is. That's where you need to focus on setting up a sales funnel or setting up some way of capturing leads. That's what you want to do first. Before I move on, like when I say creating highly effective piece of content, if it's not something that you're pulling from your insights and your analytics to see that, do your research. Like start with your research of reviewing questions from your competitor sites, from the search engines, from discussion forums, seeing what people want to know, and then kill it with your article, like leave no questions to ask, basically, or try to make that the goal. Once you have that, you want to, within that article, you want to add an email pop-up or an embedment form, or you want to add a link to your landing page to your blog post. You can do a combination of these or you can do which one is most effective. Now, there's still like mixed reviews on whether pop-ups are the best choice or not. I can definitely tell you that they're effective. I've used them before and I can I can tell you that they're effective if you use them in the right place, if you have the timing right and all that stuff. But some people say that they are annoying for the users. They're annoying for like your audience. So you just kind of have to decide that and you may have to do some polls and do your research and see what your audience, how they feel about this. But make sure that whether you embed the form, whether you use a pop-up or a link to the landing page, that it stands out. That it stands out and that it's evident within that piece of content because you don't want them to be skimming by and miss it. Whatever you have to do to make it stand out, um, contrasting colors, big bold captions, big bold header, make it stand out because you want to be able to get them subscribed to your email list and you want to continue feeding them helpful information. You know, that's part of the goal to build their trust, to help them supply their needs and to be the person that they come to when they're ready to make a purchase. And the reason why I say to add this form within a blog post is because based on my experience, Pinterest doesn't really care for pinning directly to a landing page. When I was first like new to learning how to set up ads on Pinterest, I had to kind of go through that process at least once. It may have been more than once, but yeah, they don't really care for just promoting a pin that goes directly to a landing page and when I say like any page is a landing page but the landing page I'm speaking of is like that gives like the basic information about an offer and it collects in information in exchange for that offer so they don't really care for that they won't they prefer that you link to high quality content if you try to do an ad that way it's probably not going to get approved ads may very well be a part of your sales funnel strategy that's why i say to you know embed the form or put a link to the landing page within a piece of high quality content so number three you want to 
design a collection of gorgeous pins. We already kind of talked a little bit about the pins in the first episode, but you can also, on my YouTube channel, I'm going to have a breakdown of the pin and how to design, you know, high quality, beautiful eye-catching pins. So you want to, you know, design a collection of them. And I say a collection because of the fresh pins rule. So you want to make sure that you have more than one and these can have different versions of the same title, different versions of the text, and make sure it's packed with enticing power words, big bold captions, or you can do like a mix of a sans, like a straight font, and then maybe one with a scripted font, but just make sure that it's clear and easy to read, and um, make sure it has nice high quality pictures or graphics on it. Add one to the actual content, um, add one pin within the actual content, and use the others for a series of schedule pins. Um, I talked about Tailwind and how to schedule your pins in the last episode, so you can go back and check that out if you have not, um, but that'll touch on how to schedule your pins. So that is what you want to do. Number four, once you do that, Use SEO and copy to create an irresistible title and caption. And that is going to be within during the process of scheduling your pins and setting those up. I talked in episode one about using SEO, but um, you would just do your research and see what people are looking for relating to that topic. And then you would use that information to create your headlines or your titles and then to create the description about um, what this pin is about or what this content is about. So this is a very important piece of it because this is what's going to first get the user to your pin, and from there they'll see the title. And it depends on, like, if they're just scrolling through the community feed on Pinterest, the main feed, your pin is what's going to catch their eye first. And then the information, the, type, uh, the text that's on that pin. If they're doing a search on Pinterest, just searching, then it's going to come up based on the keywords and the key phrases that you put within your title and your description. So you want to make sure that you take your time and nail both of these based on your research and your design skills. And if you still haven't mastered design, then... You can work with a Pinterest manager or work with a designer to get some of those pins created, or you can buy templates. I actually have templates available in my online store, in my shop, on my website at danieltowner.com shop. You can find uh, those Pinterest pins, the template bundle. You can use those templates within Canva to customize them, update the text, and even the colors to match your own brand and your own theme. But you want to make sure that you get those two pieces right. Next, number five, you would use Tailwind to schedule the pins to your search engine optimized relevant board and to your relevant group boards. So we talked about the boards and like whatever, however you categorize these, what the subject of what your content is and the subject of what is on your pin, then that is where you would schedule those pins to go using Tailwind. 
that's where you would schedule those pins to go. And if you're a member of group boards, which you should be, then you would schedule them to go there to boost your exposure even more. And number six, connect a sales sequence and start sending emails that help educate, entertain, relate, and make relevant offers. Assuming that you've done everything right, then you'll be getting traffic or you'll continue to get high traffic on this piece of content. If you put in the call to action, I would put one at the end, but I wouldn't just wait till the end to put that link or that embedment to your email form. I would do that in between the content or if you're using an embedded form and a link to the landing page, I would put that in multiple places and not just wait until the end. But if you've done this and set this up right, then you'll be getting email subscribers for your email list and you can connect an automated sales sequence and that combination of emails that will give them more tips that will help relate to and empathize to their situation, teach them and educate them or edutain as some people say, and then make relevant offers that relate to all of the information that they've consumed. And then once that sales sequence is over, if they're finding value in what you're offering, you can continue to send them the general, um, the weekly emails that teach them on different subjects or give them different tips or send them to your live videos or wherever you want to take them to continue providing high value for them. An example of this that I probably already use is when I did this with my travel blog, but another recent example is like based on my reports and my analytics, I've been receiving a lot of traffic and a lot of search results from a particular article on my website. I've been receiving that for a while and I was kind of thinking like, what am I going to do with that? Like what type of funnel did I want to create with that or what type of offer? What else could I provide to them besides that information? I'm coming on the close of writing a book. I collaborated with another mompreneur to write a book for mompreneurs or moms who want to become entrepreneurs who want to experience being available in a different way for their children or who don't want to go back to work, who want the benefits of a flexible schedule. So this book is going to be packed with business, marketing, and self-care tips. And so I felt like, okay, there it is. That's the core product that I want to use as a part of this sales funnel that I want to create with this article. And the blog was basically, it was a blog about how to tell clients about your new baby. Some of the searches for people who are looking for an email template are, you know, a sample email to send to their clients, letting them know that they had a baby. Some people are, you know, looking for an email template for their manager or their job to let them know about maternity leave. But all of those searches are leading them to this blog that I wrote that says how to tell clients about your new baby. And it includes an email template within the blog. So I was like, okay, well, I can make an offer out of that. So I'm going to share with them the calendar Um, in two different forms, one in a printable form and one in a digital form, share within the calendar that I use to stay on track with my daily activities. 
And this is something that's a part of what I discussed, like with scheduling your business activities and planning out your business activities for the year, for the month, for the week. This is a part of it. So I created these to give away for free and to also offer them a chance to be on my waiting list and my early bird list for my book once it's released. That's an example of finding a piece of content, creating an offer with it, and you know, having a core product to create a sales sequence. And eventually, after continuing to create high value for them and give them tips, eventually making an offer. That's a more recent example of it. And how does Pinterest fit into this? Because some of their search is coming from Pinterest, but um, I also created an updated pin and I'm going to have updated graphics to go on that article. I'm expecting that to boost my traffic even more for that article, but the search engine results are coming from Google and also from Pinterest because, I mean, most of the time they're, they're like back to back. If you search for something or someone and you see results in Google, you'll see results in Pinterest, either above it or below it. That's how that all fits and works together to create, to use Pinterest to create a sales funnel and to build your mailing list. And of course, to ultimately convert these users to clients or to buyers. Hope you found this helpful. If you have any more questions, scroll to the comments and ask your question in the comments or just let me know if this was helpful for you if you're listening from my website danielcounter.com and if you're listening from the anchor platform you can press the record button and actually tell me like what you think about it thank you guys for listening um try this out and let me know how it works out for you and follow me at dreamwork creatives to get more weekly business and marketing tips i'm there on most platforms Forms. I'm Dreamwork Danny on Twitter. Thank you guys for listening, and as I always say, dream until your dreams come true.